I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Very well. I was not okay yesterday when I saw this movie that we're about to talk about, and I actually saw it the last per- I was the last person to see it in our group of friends, I believe. Well, yes, not- you were. Yeah. And you pretty uh, much were. Pretty much. So I feel like I'm the freshest, you know, I had the freshest impression of this movie in my mind. Yes. I can't wait to talk about it. I, I can't wait to talk about it either. Before we get started on the movie of the week, uh, I don't know if you caught this, that uh, Robert Eggers' new film, The Northman, released a trailer today. I didn't see the trailer, but I saw some screen stills and I was very intrigued. Yes. Skarsgård, your boy. Yes. My boy, Alexander Skarsgård. Covered in blood. <laughs> Just like... I am getting True Blood vibes, from, and I, I don't know if you know this, but I watched True Blood in its entirety, like, and it was like a fever dream. Like, I don't really remember like the process. It was I just remember because like, of I, Skarsgård. Well, not exactly. Not I just exactly. remember like, oh, I'll just watch it and see what it's about. Like, little did I know, I'd be stuck in a dark room for days, like oh just <laughs> watching True Blood. So wow. I just call that whole experience a fever dream. I can't even tell you like exactly what the plot is like season for season but I watched the whole thing and what I gleaned from that what I'm left with now is I love Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> that's just the base like inception um, thought that I have in my vault of course yeah so yeah so that'll be a movie that comes out in April 2022 but uh we'll get to that much later oh, let's yeah. talk about the movie that we need to talk about Uh, Before we do, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way great way for you to get involved and show your support you can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod let's go so today we are talking about spider-man no way home this is the latest entry in the marvel cinematic universe this is the third installment in the tom holland spider-man trilogy (laughs) Uh, so jessica why don't you let us know what this spider-man movie is all about The IMDb synopsis reads, with Spider-Man's identity now revealed, Peter asks Doctor Strange for help. When a spell goes wrong, dangerous foes from other worlds start to appear, forcing Peter to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Yes. Now, this is the third movie by Tom Watts in this trilogy. He is back for the third time. Uh, He'll be directing the Fantastic Four when they come around. They've already announced he will be the director. Uh, This movie was written by Chris McKenna and Eric Sommers. It's based on characters by, of course, Stanley and Steve Ditko. And it stars Tom Holland as the titular Spider-Man. We have Zendaya as MJ or Michelle Jones. Michelle. (laughs) Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays Doctor Strange. We have Jacob Batalon as Ned. And we got some returning people. We got Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. we have Jamie Foxx as Electro and Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. Yes. So um, there's still more names that we'll talk about later because there's there's a lot of people in this movie. I didn't even mention like 
you know, obviously Marissa Tomei, John Favreau. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many people in this movie. So we'll get to that in a bit. Jessica, this movie opened up. Yeah, yeah. The box office was pretty big. <laughs> this was a big one. After talking about like a $10 million opening for West Side Story last week, these numbers are staggering. It made $253 million opening weekend. And right now, as of this recording, it's made $587 million worldwide. I'm I'm like shook because these numbers are like pre-pandemic numbers, it feels like. They are. Just to put a little bit of context on that, the $587 million is without China. Like they haven't even been included haven't even in that. In- oh, wow. And, and the $253 million is the third biggest opening in the United States, only behind number one, Avengers Endgame, and number two, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, Those my are God. the two movies that opened up bigger than this movie ever. So, so I actually, I have a funny story about the box office. So my sister told me on Thursday night, or it was like Friday maybe, um, this movie made $50 million in like pre-sales just for Thursday. And I said, okay, that's a big deal. <laughs> like I was trying to explain to her how big of a deal that is, just 50 mil right for one day, and it's not even a weekend. Yeah. So when we walked out of our showing, we saw it on Sunday I told her, there's so many people here. Like, the theater was packed. I have never seen the theater that packed. You know we go to the AMC, that AMC all the time. We're there, like, two, three times a week. And I had never seen it that packed. There was a line out the door, all the way to, like, the fountain outside. What? Of people waiting to get scanned, their ticket scanned, to come in. Wow. I was shocked. So I told her, I was like, Rebecca... This movie's gonna make three hundred million dollars this weekend, just in the U.S. That was Ooh. my guess. You were you were not too I far off. I was so close. Two hundred fifty-three million. Only one movie's ever done the three hundred million, and that's Avengers Endgame. Um, but yeah, no, that man, two hundred fifty-three million dollars. That's nothing to sneeze at, especially when all like year we've been. As a movie industry, it's been like a panic. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this movie only made this much. This movie only made this much. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, just American tickets alone, mm-hmm. made back all of Shang-Chi's box office. Just yeah. in one weekend alone. Mm-hmm. That is huge. And on yeah. top of that, this movie is being adored by everyone. Yeah. Critics. 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Audience score, 99. Holy shit. Near perfect. I mean, near perfect for audiences. Like, po- audiences are loving this movie. So the critics' consensus reads, a bigger, bolder Spider-Man sequel, No Way Home expands the franchise's scope and stakes without losing sight of its humor and heart. So I think I can agree with the statement overall. Mm-hmm. And uh, Letterbox, even the average score on Letterbox is four point four. Wow! And you know, which how means people, people are giving it fives. <laughs> yeah, people are giving yeah. it fives and everything. That's so, just the average score. With all that said, Jessica, what are your thoughts on Spider-Man: No Way Home? I loved it. I had a great time. It was very nostalgic for me. We had the some of those villains come back from previous Spidey movies. I think that the writing was way way better than the other <laughs> Spider-Man movies that we've seen Tom Holland star as star in. Um, 
I think Tom Holland was really flexing on this one too. He was given a lot more to do, so to speak, in terms of the emotions he had to display. And I feel like he really um, nailed it, especially we kind of got a hint of it right during mostly the Avengers movies like Infinity War and Endgame. His parts, wherever he had to like make the audience feel something were he nailed it, right? Yeah. Yes, he did. So in this movie, I feel like he nailed it again. He has a totally different. Um, I feel like the movie has a different vibe than the other two movies, which feel and not just in the names like you have. What is it? Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home. They're getting more grim. <laughs> like The titles are getting more grim. They are. And so that's why I also I'm like I'm calling to that to kind of explain without going into any spoilers that this movie is a little bit darker but still has the same heart that you know and love from Spider-Man, like in general. I really commend Holland on this performance. I think that this movie, even with so many people in this movie, and I'm just talking about the villains we've mentioned, like there's a lot on his plate to be the center of this movie, and he carries it very well. Um, like he gives you the funny that we are accustomed to from a Spider-Man mm-hmm. and, you know, the charm and the and the humor that he's given us so far in the MCU. Uh, but also, uh, he really nails down those emotional beats. There are certain moments in this movie where, like, he, he plays it very well and, you know, it tugs at the heartstrings and, you know, you feel for the character. Uh, so I really commend Holland. I think... I've already mentioned this before, but I might as well now for people who are listening for the first time. I have not been a huge fan of these Spider-Man movies, mostly because I have not been a big fan of the over-reliance of Peter Parker always turning towards a father figure mm-hmm. and working in tandem with someone. Mm-hmm. kind of defeats the purpose of what Spider-Man is. It's like anyone could be the hero. Mm-hmm. But the way these movies have been with Tom Holland, and it's not, you know, Holland's fault and or the character itself. It's just the way they put the character into these positions where, like, Homecoming was really, you know, Spider-Man and Iron Man. That was mm-hmm. a Spider-Man and Iron Man movie, really. Yeah. And then the second one is also him turning towards a, you know, a role model and it was in the wrong sense because he was looking up to Mysterio and then the second half of the movie, it's happy. So Mm -hmm. he's always turning towards that parental figure in these movies, which I'm not a fan of. And then number two, I hate the suits. This, the, like (laughs) the, the techno, the technology behind those suits just rubs me the wrong way just because it's like, you're not really the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You're yeah, like... Yeah, you have millions of dollars of tech Right, your you're, an, you're Iron Man, pretty much. Right. And right. I always felt like those are two separate characters. And when... In the second one, when they are kind of saying, like, who's going to take over for Iron Man? Who's going to be right. the next Iron Man? It's like, no. Nah, Tony would have is... wanted you to have this. Tony would have been so proud, like, all this right. stuff. And that is something that I just didn't vibe with. So that's why for me, you know, the older Spider-Man movies, whether we're talking about the Sam Raimi's or even the Mark Webb's, 
Mark Webb has like some problems in his movies, but like I still <laughs> no enjoy the Spider-Man that came out of those. And I totally enjoy the Spider-Man that came out of Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, my God. Yeah. We didn't even mention Into the Spider-Verse, but that movie, I think that's my top Spider-Man movie is Into the Spider-Verse. Then Spider-Man 2. It might be. Then Spider-Man. And by Spider-Man 2 and just Spider-Man, I mean the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. The Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. What is your ranking? Okay. So I just said my one and two and three. Yeah. Of the Spider-Mans. I have my ranking. (laughs) You look so tickled. And I have my ranking uh, of this movie in the MCU. Okay, I don't have that one. I will I'll give that out once we get into spoilers. I got you. Um so I think that overall this is a great way for the trilogy mm. to wrap up. This if, is a nice last a, crusade. Right. If if this happens to be the last crusade because there's a lot of I don't think it will be. <laughs> I don't personally. think it will be because there's a lot of talk between Sony and Disney about are they going to make another one? Then there's rumors that they're going to make another trilogy. And then like there's there's a lot of like back and forth between the two companies. They're going to make another one. Sony they're gonna just make another one. made bank. Yeah, they're going to make another they're one. They're going to make they another are. one. So I don't think we have to worry about Holland leaving anytime soon. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Now, there's one more thing that we should talk about. <laughs> Before we get into spoilers, because okay. this, this was a topic that we this, brought up yesterday. Yes, we had a dinner yesterday with friends, and this was a hot topic. Celebrity couples. Yes. So it has been well documented for this particular time cycle that Tom Holland and Zendaya are together. Are dating. And they have been up and down everywhere, just like professing their love to each other very subtly right like they have like the couple of instagram posts but nothing like yeah i mean it's not like right it's not they're like, not like making people covers and you no know, a day but in they're our lives doing, and that kind of shit but it's more the this not millennial but this generation's version of doing that which is being together social media you know you know sharing yes captions okay. like of okay. Commenting on each other's posts. Yeah, stuff like that, you know, so they are. So the discussion that we were having last night is that we were talking about how there are manufactured couples in Hollywood. I called them contract relationships. Yes, contract relationships. I've mentioned it, that they even made fun of it on 30 Rock, where James Franco had like an entire relationship with Jenna Maroney and like they like programmed how their love life was going to play out. And I brought up this, the thought, like, I think you asked me or someone asked me, but I think it was you. <laughs> it was how me. about Tom Holland and Zendaya? Yes. And I said, yeah, this is, this is a, Holly, this is a fake couple. Yeah. I, per, I think it is. I don't think so because I want to believe that love is real, but you know, I'm not surprised when couples in Hollywood break up either. Right, of course. But I do want to believe in the the magic, the 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 romance. No, I totally understand. <laughs> so I totally understand. I'm not going to sit here and say it's a fake relationship. I want them to do well for sure. Like I don't wish them any will, ill will. But you're over here. Like yesterday was a hot topic. Like you brought up other con, like fake relationships that you fully believe were not real. And Anna Darmus and Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that was a real couple. (laughs) 
or Taylor Swift and um, Tom Loki. Hiddleston. Tom yeah. Hiddleston. Like, so these, no way you that's know, a real relationship. It's just like a burst of flame and then it goes out. So right. you were saying that these two are fake. And I said it would be very beneficial for them to have to have made this a fake relationship because so much publicity has been done just surrounding their relationship. And because this movie came out now, it might have something to do with like the frenzied box office numbers being so high is that there's fans of Tom and there's fans of Zendaya and there's fans of what, what's their couple name? Tom Dea. I don't know. Tom De- <laughs> I don't sure know what not. their couple name is. Who knows? But Tendaya. Tendaya. So I think, and then those people go out to see Spider-Man. There's always already a host of Spider-Man fans who are going to see it regardless. I just think it was like a perfect storm. Like you made me think real hard yesterday that it's not a bad thing that they're together. And then now no. there's headlines coming out just today. Like before recording, I looked online and like Amy, what's her name? Pascal. Amy Pascal? Yeah. Came out and said, oh, I had sure. sat down and had a conversation with them before, you know, we started this whole Spider-Man thing and said, please don't fall in love. Don't get together. Look at what happens. It, you know, just don't do it. Don't go down that road. And of course, they did go down that road. And I was like, why would the producer even say something like that? That just fuels the flame. And then that happened after, like, I read those headlines after our conversation last night. So it just got me so riled up. I'm, like, so confused now in my in my mind and heart because I don't want it to be fake. But if I was Amy Pascal, I don't, I don't feel like that's an easy statement to give, right? No, of course not. Like an no, offhand, that's, like, that's I not. told them not to date. Like, what? What are you talking about? That's even more. Let's fuel on the fire. Like, it's just. It's 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 a lot questionable. It's questionable. But I don't. This is us going on a tangent. I know. (laughs) I don't think people. This is what they signed up for when they like press play. I know. Us going into like couple things. Stop. But look, if you guys want to continue the conversation, you know our social handles at Always Critic Pod. Just hit us up. One of us will respond. We're happy to talk about the fake Tom and Zendaya relationship or what have you. Okay. So. Period. We're done. We have so much to talk about and there's so much that happens in this movie. We We got to jump into spoilers. Let's do it. So let's go ahead and let's talk spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right, so let's go ahead and let's talk spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home the highest opening box office movie since Avengers Endgame, pretty much. Or, no, probably even Rise of Skywalker, actually. Uh, but it made more than that in its opening weekend. So, this is a big movie. There's a lot of spoiler talk. So, again, we just played the spoiler banner. We're going to talk spoilers. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, if you haven't the- watched Spider-Man, No Way Home, turn back now. Come back later. Yes, come back later. Okay. Please. Okay. So I think we got to start with all the Spider-Man were in it. All the Spider-Man. Oh my God. It Lord. It's, it's such. Tobey a- Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland all together in the movie. 
I I said it. That was yes. It. There, that's the biggest thing the biggest of spoiler. this movie. Yeah. Um, and the way they do it, you know, it comes after a very emotional moment. So you have his friends. Ned can somehow open up. Ned's a, a wizard. Ned's a wizard somehow. <laughs> Uh, and they see Spider-Man. They're like, sh- you know, we, I wish we could see Peter. Right. He basically did like a a, a spell. He wanted to see Peter. And so he opens a up portal. a portal. Yeah. And so we see Spider-Man. It was like a Doctor Strange portal. Like we don't yeah, just one mean of those. like portal. Like, no, it was like, no, the, no. you know, the sling ring. Like yeah. he just like does mm-hmm. a little hand motion in a circle. And they see Spider-Man. And he conjured a Spider-Man. There he was. They wanted to and see so, Spider-Man. He comes or running. Peter. They said they want to see Peter. They want to see Peter. Yeah. So we see a Spider Man in an alley. In an alley. And so Spider Man comes running through the portal. And who is it? Oh, it God. is Andrew Garfield's Spider Man. He takes off the mask, reveals himself, and the just, roar in my theater. Oh, my God. How was your theater? You went on Thursday night. I went on Thursday night. There were multiple roars in that movie. Like people were applauding for so much on yeah. Thursday night. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the biggest ones. Yep. That one. Um, yeah. We get some playful interaction. You know, they you know, don't prove it. Prove that you're prove it. Like, and he's like <laughs> sticking to the ceiling and it's like, crawl up. This isn't enough. You know, like. Yeah. And then after that. They conjure up another portal yeah. that they want to see Peter and they draw in your boy. My boy, Toby. Toby. Toby McGuire comes through. No mask, no nothing. Just like no, regular clothes. <laughs> just regular clothes. Comes in and they have a little moment where like they kind of sense each other. They think maybe there's a bit of a, you know, a threat. So they yeah. like both, you know, jump to the ceiling. They shoot each other. And Toby, like, is able to, you know, get Andrew's web shooter yeah. on his wrist. Um, but then, you know, they start thinking, well, we have this sense that your Spider-Man needs us. Yeah. Like, he needs our help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when all three of them are together in this movie, it is it's powerful. amazing. It's oh, my amazing. God. Because we get the emotional moments with them together. Uh, so... For That's context. the best part of the the movie for me is the interactions between all three Spideys. Yeah. Consistently, it, like every scene that they're all three are all together. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so good. The first time they interact all three together is when they're on the school rooftop. Mm-hmm. This comes after a devastating moment, which is Aunt May is killed. Oh, my God. Aunt May is killed by the Green Goblin. Green Goblin sends his slider glider. Into her. Into her, and you think she makes it. That's the rudest thing they did in this movie because you think that Aunt May is okay, like she survived. Yeah. No. But no. Like she gives the iconic line. Yes. You know, with great power comes great responsibility, and then keels over. Oh my God. The one two punch. Mm. So, so powerful giving that moment. And Mm -hmm. this is the moment that I'm talking about where Holland is like really giving, really giving it his all. Yeah. Just in that emotional scene where he, he is portraying a kid who can't believe this is happening. Then accepting that it's happening and just 
letting the tears come out and just like the devastation feeling um, to blame as well. It was just a well-crafted scene, right? You have, you know, it's very basic. It starts so basic because it's Green Goblin versus Spider-Man. We've seen this a bunch of times already. We know this. Um, And it seems like Green Goblin gets away, but all is well, right? Aunt May survives, so does Spidey. Then the whole conversation that's that Green Goblin was having with Spider-Man is called into question. What does it mean to be Spider-Man? Why are you helping these people? Um, You know, you can't change fate. All of these sort of like ambiguous concepts that have been hinted at in like the first two Spider-Man movies and Aunt May's like central mission to help people that are in need, that it's not wrong to have tried to help all of these supervillains to become better. Um, and to have, hum- what is the word? Mercy on these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she goes, no, you're not wrong for doing all this. It is your responsibility because those who have great power have, um, with great power, you know, comes great responsibility. Your power is, you know, what makes you special, what makes you able to help other people. Yes. And it's a very like substantial statement to make for her to ba- basically recenter Peter, who was thinking, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. I made a mistake. Who was looking for a way out a lot of the time of the movie. Yeah. Because the easy thing would have done, been to just simply press a button that send would them send them back. Right. So there's always an easy way out for Peter in this movie, but he never takes it. No. And, you know, at that moment, at that crucial moment for Peter and his uh, mission, she freaking falls to the ground and she like dies. Like you're just like, oh, my God. So, you know, of course, it puts hatred, revenge in his heart, but it also makes him kind of stop thinking that what she said was right. Yeah. So it's like very uh, consequential and deep on not just like on a plot level but on a you know what's the thesis of the movie level yeah and that's where the spider-man come in toby and Andrew, right after that yeah right after that and they converge <laughs> you know and tom doesn't want to hear it like he is feeling all this rage and this anger and he doesn't want like he doesn't want the counseling he, because he, they don't understand is what they he don't said. understand is what he said. And when he mentions the famous line, the first part of it, because she said with great power and he pauses and Toby finishes it off. Oh, my God. Comes great responsibility. I, I literally almost started crying the whole movie. And Holland's Peter is like, how do you know that? Because Uncle Ben sent it to me the day that he died. Mm hmm. And Andrew like nods his head as well, like with with his own version, because mm-hmm. he also suffered that, too. And th- basically, they relay to Peter, this is a pivotal moment in your life, mm-hmm. because this is something that happens to all of us. We are. She didn't die for nothing. She didn't die for nothing. You and know, yes, look at us. you feel look at, at we've fault. Done. Yeah. Because it, you feel like it is your fault. But she didn't die for nothing. We we hold that responsibility with the power that was given to us to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And so, so th- those emotional moments were great. And then what really surprised me about this movie is how much 
of the Spider-Men we get together. We get in this them movie. a lot. I thought I honestly going into the movie, I already felt like, okay, we're going to get the Spider-Man. I don't know where or when in the movie, Mm -hmm. but I felt it was going to be like towards the back end, like in the final fight type of thing. But no, like they kind of get them halfway. No, well, a little little little, more than halfway, a little more than halfway. But then like they are doing science experiments together, like to concoct. touching. Yeah. Yeah. And so like and you get the pathos of each one yes like what they what they've been through yeah what did i lose oh i lost uncle ben oh i lost gwen yes did you expect him to say gwen i thought he was gonna say uncle ben he said gwen <laughs> he said gwen yeah. because that is such a bit for that's as a much difference as, that's a huge difference between right toby spidey and garfield spidey right that even though yes he did lose ben played by martin sheen in the mm-hmm. in the amazing spider-man movies Gwen was like the real rock for him. Yes. In that in those movies. And the way he loses her is Oh my just god. Brutal. That's probably the only reason to watch the second Amazing Spider-Man. Movie. It really is to yeah. watch Gwen Stacy die. In such a uh, that's morbid. But you know what way. I mean. But yeah, no, no. I totally it's, it, you know, it's important. their relationship yeah. that really like saves that movie from what it is. Exactly. I would say their relationship saves both movies, but yeah conversation for another day <laughs> conversation for another day uh and so we see the differences of the spider-man mm-hmm. like, their personalities like you know how all the people all the nerd boys and fanboys they argue what's the difference between the spider-man who's spider-man is the best spider-man mm-hmm. and like to see them all three together and their wildly different portrayals of the same character it was very confirming like of, i don't know it was just like Maybe I just love them all. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because they each bring something different. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now, Toby, the way he's, he is like the veteran. He is the elder Spider-Man. Yeah. He's the one that understands it all. Like he's been through the stages that both of these other two Spider-Men have been through already. Mm -hmm. And he's gone through to the other side. Right. Of that rage, of that hate. And being been able to work it out. I think he's found balance life. as well as what he was in- yes. hinting at when Garfield was like, I don't have time. I can't, you know, date or find someone else, um, you know, to be in my corner. I'm just kind of going at it alone. And he thinks that <laughs> that Toby's going to agree and be like, yeah, no, it doesn't suck to suck. And Toby's like, well, like there is a tender balance that you can strike and we make it work was what he said. Yeah, with MJ. So. With MJ. So there is some sort of post credit scene here that we're not getting with the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans um, because Toby's Spidey has found life and love <laughs> in his in his exactly. universe. Yeah, exactly. So and then we get the funny moments. With oh, my them. God. It was so funny. Yes. Yeah, Everything was funny. Yeah. They're waiting to they're luring in the villains because they want to. You know, be able to trap them so they could cure them with their serums for mm-hmm. each individual one. Uh, for those who don't know and you're listening. Uh, we haven't discussed any of the villains. Right. Let me just say who the villains are real quick. We have Doc Ock, Alfred Molina from Spider-Man 2. We have Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe from Spider-Man. These are both Sam Raimi characters. We have Sandman, Flint Marco, played by Thomas Hayden Church. He is from Spider-Man 3, Sam Raimi as well. 
Then from the amazing Spider-Man movies, we have Jamie Foxx's Electro and we have the lizard lizard. Why am I thinking Dr. Connors? Dr. Connors. I don't remember the man's name. (laughs) The actor's name. He plays uh, Luna Lovegood's uh, father in Harry Potter. (laughs) I don't know why I pulled that one. Um, (laughs) Why did that thrill me that you just like brought in Harry Potter? Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) But. Yeah, I'll so, look it up. Don't worry. Yeah. So those are the ones that come through and yep, yeah. start to bring up a mess for Spider-Man and for Doctor Strange. Uh, because Doctor Strange, this all started because of a spell that Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Tom Holland, wanted people it's to Reese forget. Fons? Yes. Yes. Okay. Reese yeah. Fons. Reese Fons? Oh, God. Yes. Sorry. I forgot his name for a second. Thank you for pulling it up. So this all started because Tom Holland's Peter Parker is trying to do something where people forget that he's Spider-Man because Mysterio revealed that he was. So the whole world knows that he's Spider-Man. They didn't get into college. They didn't get into college. That was the main thing thing is that his, for people knowing who he is, it has ruined the lives of his girlfriend, MJ and his best friend, Ned, that, and to a lesser Colleges degree, won't me. even, yeah, yeah, even Aunt May. But they won't even be accepted into college because of their association with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So they go to Doctor Strange, or he goes to Doctor Strange to try to get this spell done. But as he's trying to work the spell, he keeps interrupting, and it becomes a dangerous concoction of mm-hmm. a spell. And Strange can't even contain it all. He thought he could, and all of a sudden, we get Doc Ock appears and he broke through the you know the universe and so did uh lizard and electro like all these people were able to break through because the spell Mm -hmm. just got out of control basically they were summoned in a way yeah in a way to their universe because what happened at the end of that spell the last thing that holland says basically anyone who knew i was uh, peter parker was spider-man should definitely know Mm -hmm. and that's the thing when he said that out loud and all this multiverse stuff was happening, basically all the universes where people know who Spider-Man is and Spider-Man is Peter Parker, that's what happened with that spell. Mm-hmm. So that's why Doctor Strange had to try to contain it. That's why A little bit convoluted, but when you watch the movie, it's very simple. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's simple once you see it. Like yeah. once you're seeing it and the exposition can be a little heavy at times, like where they like break down like oh this is what's going to send them back this spell is on the cusp of <laughs> no sé qué, like <laughs> i forget benedict wong's yeah. uh, explanation but whatever yeah and and then uh we're in the mirror dimension and he says something like oh we're in the mirror dimension where i'm in control you know dr strange so it's like a little bit of heavy exposition like to explain things but mm-hmm. For those who are not as familiar with the MCU or anything, this is, you know, something that could at least work throughout. So that's how we get to the villains coming into the movie. Everyone's here. Even the Spider-Men are here because they're also pulled along. And so when they're luring the villains so that they can have the standoff, we have some fun moments between the Spider-Men. Wonderful moment of them three just waiting it out, waiting for the villains to get there. And they're bonding, they're interacting, like, you know, Toby's like, oh yeah, my back like really kills me. And Andrew Garfield's Spidey like 
cracks his back for him. Yep. <laughs> They're, you know, they questioning talk about Toby's the, yeah. <laughs> method of, uh, of web slinging because it's like produced within his body. And then the other two have to manufacture these uh, web slinging devices for the wrist. It's like very entertaining to watch them. Yeah. And then it seemed very off the cuff. Like I wasn't seeing that going. There's a script here. Right. It it just felt like a normal conversation between them. And then uh, we have Tom Holland's Peter asks, like, who are some of the craziest villains you've ever faced? Like super like, nat- like very natural. Of yeah. And it's like, well, that. you, you've seen some of them already. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then like Toby says, well, I did fight an alien with black goo one time. Yeah. And then Holland's like, oh, I fought an alien too here on her and in space. And like, they're, they're amazed that like he fought in space. Yeah. They don't know what the Avengers are. Yeah. Oh, that, that line (laughs) killed me. And I'll get to that line in a second. But Andrew, when he's like, man, all I've done is like face the guy in a rhino suit. Like that's the craziest (laughs) thing. And so like, he has like this self doubt about himself. Yeah. He's like confidence issues. And Toby like very meta is like, man, you're amazing. When he said that, my theater erupted. (laughs) Yes. Erupted. Mine too. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, but I really love the playful nature of them. I love that they didn't know how to work together early on. Yeah, they were like, I've never had to do this before. I've never had to work as a team. Right. And so that's where you get your line where Tom Holland's, I don't mean to brag, but I will. I was part of the Avengers. (laughs) And so (laughs) Toby's like, really? That's great. What is that? <laughs> oh man, I love Were you in that. a band? Is it a band? <laughs> is it a band? So I love when they go running out after the plan and like Tom Holland. Oh my like, god, they start swinging I'm, each other. Yes. I died. Oh, I died. Oh my goodness, that was. I would say amazing. that the web slinging itself, like the choreo of swinging around as Spider Man, was way better than in previous movies. And I just mean Tom Holland movies. We're not going to touch the other movies, right? We're but- not talking. Yeah, exactly. But in just Tom Holland's movies, like this one, oh my God, leaps and bounds better. And the iconography as well. Like that was something that Tom Holland's Spidey, I feel like was missing, is these shots of like kind of slow-mo Spider-Man's pose in the air and against the moon, against a skyscraper, on a skyscraper. Like these iconic looks for Spidey were missing from Tom Holland's movies and they brought it back here for this movie and it felt very fulfilling it felt like yes we're we're like heading in the right direction right <laughs> yes exactly uh so with the villains returning i really really loved um willem dafoe willem dafoe willem fucking dafoe willem Bro, dafoe is amazing in this movie killed it Killed it. I I couldn't believe. I was, I, look, Willem Dafoe as Norman Osborn slash Goblin, Green Goblin, was never the worst villain of all never. the Spider-Man. No, no, never. Never. Always on top lists. But Willem Dafoe in this movie took it to another level. There was a point where Tom Holland was like on top of him, like punching him over and over again, repeatedly, just wailing on him. And he would look back and smile and laugh. Yes. I was, was I was like that is sinister as shit. Yes. Oh my <laughs> god, sinister. the mania. Yeah, no, I'm sinister. <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> about that in a second, I guess. 
But I really admired this performance from Willem Dafoe. I was eating up Alfred Molina's performance as well. Really good, really solid stuff. Um, Jamie Foxx taking it away with comedic effect. Just having so much fun. You can tell he was having fun. Well, everyone was having fun, but Jamie Foxx was definitely having a ball on that set. Like that line that he delivers when he's out in the woods. Y'all just going to stand there and pretend I'm not buck ass naked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, He just uh, like relished it a bit. Yes, he did. Willem Dafoe was, I mean. Oh, just insanely good. This movie rewards you for being a Spider-Man fan. Yes, it does. Like if you're like a huge Spider-Man nerd, like deep in comics, it rewards you. If you're just a fan of the movies. It rewards you. Um, so it really like lines, lines from previous Directly movies. Directly taken from other movies. Yeah. Like another one where like the f- crowd just like <laughs> cheered was when, uh, you know, they're like talking about science and then Willem, Willem Dafoe, Dafoe. <laughs> you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yes. So like people just Literally erupted. Literally over laughing. Um, Alfred Molina was saying things like, um, listen to me now, you know, those are things that he was saying in his movie, um, just really felt nice to bring back that dialogue. Something else that they brought back was some of the scores from the other movies. Holy shit. I was freaking out. I was freaking out. They brought both scores for, for both of them. From James Horner and Danny Elfman. Amazing scores to begin with. They stand alone, but when placed within this movie for just brief seconds, it is such a breath of fresh air. It makes it feel real. Yeah, that these characters can commingle mm-hmm. and interact with each mm-hmm. other. It was great. There's uh, only camaraderie, not competition. <laughs> exactly. I walked away from this movie really appreciating even more Andrew Garfield. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He was the standout Spidey as well. Like we were singing Holland's praises before spoilers and not to take away from Holland at all. He's doing great things in this movie. But um, this is this the Garfield essence? Are we experiencing an Andrew Garfield essence right now? I mean, I've been on TikTok the last few days. I think TikTok makes a great argument for this being the Andrew Garfield essence. People resurrecting old interviews, people resurrecting old footage from the Amazing Spider-Man movies, and just really appreciating him right now. Not even going into what he's doing now in this movie, which no. is he's just charming. He's charming the shit off of you. I'll I'll never forget when he was announced as the new Spider-Man, and it was Comic Con of like the early 2010s. And a kid comes up to the microphone at the Sony place dressed up in like this cheap ass Spider-Man suit. (laughs) And then he takes off his mask and it's Garfield. Yeah. But he's given this impassioned speech of how much Spider-Man means to him Mm -hmm. and how much he is grateful that they would entrust him with such an iconic character that he would not do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I still think about that every once in a while. When I think of Garfield Spider-Man, I think mm-hmm. about that speech and how much he loves that character. And yeah, and in this movie, like he he gets moments where he gets to he gets to be funny, really funny. He gets to be he gets to let that emotional core come out. Mm-hmm. And that wound that is still 
in his mind. Oh my God. Do we need to, is, let's talk about it. Yes, let's talk about it. We're in so spoiler section. We mentioned no. the Gwen of Gwen, it all for him. Stacy's The death. way he lost her. And this movie gives us a moment. I guess it though. Did you guess the, it? Oh, yeah, I kind of figured okay. it was going to happen. I went into it and I told Bex like weeks ago. I was like, um, he's going to save MJ. Like there's no denying it. So when the movie gets to that moment where yeah, Zendaya falling. is falling <laughs> and then Tom jumps and just as he's about to grab her, Green Goblin comes in and snatches him away. And so she keeps falling, and then that's where Andrew Garfield comes, grabs her, saves her. Dives down and saves her. And when he lands, he first checks on her, are you okay? Oh, my God. And then the look on his face. Oh, my God. That he was able to do it this time. He was able to save her. Just like a flood of emotions. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My crowd, like, just, like, just... If they could have given a standing ovation, they would have at that time. Yeah, same with my crowd as well. Um, people really recognize the significance of him saving MJ. And um, it's almost like a redemption for him personally. Not for us, like as an audience, because we kind of we get what happens, shit happens. <laughs> but yep. um, yeah, for the for the character itself, it's he very, feels redeemed. He feels redeemed. He feels like he did something right. I'm not sure, you know, from the interactions that you have with him in this movie, you kind of feel like Garfield Spidey is just going through the motions and not really doing it with any passion or conviction. But after this moment where he saves MJ, you're just kind of like, OK, I think he's back on the right track. Yeah. Um, there's a couple more pivotal moments that happen in this climax of mm-hmm. a film, which I want to. I want to ask you this. Is this one of the better third acts that an MCU movie has Absolutely. Had? It totally is. Because yes. I think you and I always complain. And look, this movie is not free of this. Like, usually it's like a CGI fest type of thing. And this movie does have that too. Like, this we have one's Electro a, a more and, of like a kill him with kindness sort of ending. Right. Than a free for all beat him into the dust sort of ending where just brute force is going to get the job done. Like that's not what this ending is about at all. No, it is about saving these people who have not shown any reason to be saved. Right. Saving the unsavable. Yeah. But that's what these Spider-Men do. They, they want to save people. They want to help people. Um, And a crucial moment happens where the last one that needs to be saved is Green Goblin. And Tom Holland goes toe-to-toe with him and is just wailing on him like he is ready to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like you see the anger, you see just he is unleashing a beating on him. And finally he takes the glider. He takes Green Goblin's glider oh and he's gosh. about to just impale him with it when finally Toby stops him. Mm-hmm. And he stops him. And that moment was so necessary Ugh. because you don't want Tom to go down that dark path. Yeah. You don't want him to go down the dark path. And so having that veteran look him in the eye and it's like, no, this is don't not what we do. Don't do yeah. it. There was a scare there for a moment when Toby gets stabbed 
I was just like, no, they're not doing this. They're yes. not doing this. I freaked out as well. I was like, they cannot thought, kill my nah, boy Toby. They cannot kill Toby. <laughs> but luckily they like, you know, say it as a joke. I've been stabbed before. And that's and so, where like, I feel like Marvel, the sense, comedic sensibilities of Marvel comes in and yeah. sort of softens that blow, right? With the, uh, you yeah, know, I've been stabbed before. <laughs> right. So I don't yeah. feel like Toby would have said that in his Sam Raimi movies. You know no, what I'm saying? No, no. He would have been trying to walk it off, but you would have clearly seen the pain. That is, that is one of my brother's critiques of MCU movies is that they, they try to laugh everything off. Everything mm-hmm. there has to be a joke to like cut through. You can't have you can't let these characters have like a serious moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is some truth to that. I, I wouldn't say like it happens all the time, but there is some truth to that. It happens ninety percent of the time. Yeah, it's true. But th- this is where we get to our biggest moment for Tom Holland Spider Man, and it's he makes the decision. He makes the sacrificial play that. Now, with this uh, spell box that got damaged by Green Goblin, all these different multiverses are opening up with all these different figures who know who Spider-Man is. Yes, I don't know who all these creatures slash people are Uh, because it looked like a host of like apparitions up in the heavens and the universe or whatever because the sky was ripping open and everything was crumbling because the multiverse was broken. I don't I don't even know. I'm just guessing it from what I saw and I don't know who they are. I have no idea. So, uh, two of them that they like clearly pointed at, like they kind of focused on, uh one was Rhino. So, uh Rhino is uh the character that we saw Paul Giamatti play in <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Um another one we saw is uh, uh Scorpion who is this Latin American uh, person with like a scorpion type of thing and (laughs) Craven the hunter. Uh, Craven is another character. We have not seen him in any movies or anything. My guess is we'll see him sometime soon. Those are the ones that kind of like they, the camera kind of like held focus for people who like knew those characters can like see like, Oh no. Um, (laughs) But then this is where Tom Holland makes a sacrificial play Everyone who knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, they need to forget. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And so you, Strange warns him, that means me too. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's going to forget. And he says, I have to do it. Pull it's it. the only way. Mm-hmm. So he, so then we get him saying goodbye to the Spider-Man, which was Stop so nice it. to see them, like, just hugging it out one last time. Um, and then... He goes to say goodbye to Ned and MJ because they're not going to remember who he is. Mm-hmm. And man, was that t- I was like holding was back. Tough. I was like, oh, God, this is this is a tough scene here, yeah. man. Like watching like these characters who you you care about these characters, regardless of whether you like the movies or not. They've done a very good job of making you care for these characters. And now to see them split off. Because of, you know, what's going on in the movie. And here's the thing. I have my qualms with basically every Spider-Man movie and I'm a notorious Marvel hater. But the one thing that I'm not complaining about is the friendship between MJ, 
Peter and Ned, like that's a very believable trio right there. Yes, so when they're like, it's, it's a breakup of this trio, I'm like, oh my God, this is, you know, heavy hitting right here. Yeah, it is. This is the one thing I'm like per- perfectly okay about. It's very believable, uh, organic, and, you know, this is the end as we and know. And MJ it. is like, you better come find me yeah. after, after this. Oh, or not, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, I'll figure so, it out again. <laughs> right. I did it before I could do it again. So then a little bit of time has passed. It's winter time. It's Christmas time. Peter goes to visit MJ at her job. Uh, Ned's there and he's about to make a speech. He like prepared it and he doesn't go through with it because he knows he he can't put them in that danger again. Right. He knows that being Spider-Man right now, being Spider-Man is dangerous, is dangerous. And he need and he, it's something he has to do. He has to be Spider-Man and he can't put his friend and his girlfriend through that danger. Uh, so we get emotional, emotional because this is kind of Peter. Another mature decision. From yes. Peter. Very mature decision by Peter. And this is allowing Spider-Man to become the Spider-Man that I've been waiting for. It is a hard reset for Marvel Spider-Man because now with everyone forgetting, you have no Doctor Strange backup. Happy doesn't know him. The Avengers who are on World do not know him. And they know who's they know Spider-Man helped them. They don't know Peter Parker is Spider-Man. They don't know Peter Parker, exactly. Right. So he's got back anonymity. And because Aunt May is gone, he has no family. So now he's on his own, living on his own. They show him moving into like a shitty New York apartment. And you're just like, this is the Spider-Man that we recognize. And then he makes his own suit. And then he makes his own suit, a homemade suit. Like it's shiny for some reason. Like I don't know it's what material shiny. he is. I don't know why it's shiny, but the blue I love part the specifically colors. looks kind of shiny. I do love yeah, the colors. Yeah, it's very bright, though. right? Very brighter bright. than the Yeah, brighter suits. than the other, any of those Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I just love like the way that movie stripped ends. Back. It's stripped back. It's stripped down. No tech. And no Tony. Now Spider-Man is going to do it on his own. And and that's how the movie ends. Uh, we still have stingers to talk about. But I want to go back in the movie because there is a character that made an appearance in this movie that we didn't even mention here. But when all this shit is going down at the beginning... Where, like, he's being framed and, like, that was Stark Tech that you owned and he's, like, being arrested and all that. There's legal, there's a small legal battle that he has to fight at the beginning of the movie. And who do we know who's a lawyer who is also a superhero? Mr. Matthew Murdoch, a.k.a. <laughs> Daredevil. Daredevil. Now, <laughs> it's not just that Daredevil's in this movie, but it's the Netflix Charlie Cox yes. Daredevil. Yes, is this, this is the movie. first time that like the Netflix superheroes have become canonized in the film Marvel movies. Exactly. Or sorry, MCU. <laughs> MCU. And so he has a scene with Peter, his aunt, yeah. and Happy about, you know, legal. your legal stuff is cool with you, but Happy, you're going to need a really good lawyer. Yeah. And somebody throws a brick through the window and Matt catches it. 
without looking. It's like it came from behind and he catches it. (laughs) And so even Peter's like, how'd you do that? And he says, I'm a really good lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) So my guess is. I loved it. I was ecstatic to see him in there. As soon as me and my sisters saw Daredevil, we were just like, wait, it got super real. Shit got so real. Se puso bueno. Like automatically, (laughs) like the movie's good. (laughs) So I think that we're going to see Daredevil very soon in in the mcu i don't know how soon but yeah, i don't know well uh, let me ask you this question this is a question for jessica are you caught up with uh hawkeye um yes have you seen the most one recent episode, episode? right yeah. but you saw the most recent one yes so you know what happens at the end of that episode. I do. Are we talking spoilers for that or no? I don't know because I don't think people signed up for like Hawkeye discussion okay, right now. So we're so, not going to go into spoilers, not gonna but go yes, into there's a character it, from. There is a character. Uh, the Daredevil There's a major universe. character. Yes, yes, exactly. That's so all we'll say. That's all we'll say. So could I see Daredevil appearing in the next show that Marvel's coming out with Echo? Sure. Maybe. It could happen. Um, could he appear in the last episode of Hawkeye? Who knows? But he is now in this universe. Mm-hmm. And he's not the only one that's in this universe. So th- that opens up like where. I'm happy for those TV yeah. uh, actors and characters. Especially Charlie Cox, because he was Charlie such Cox. a good daredevil. He I was really, amazing as he really daredevil. Was. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was tremendous. Out of those Marvel shows, like I, I didn't one. like them all, but I really loved Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, so now let's talk about um, my sister's one complaint, which I will say now is that sure. when Zendaya was falling, mm-hmm. presumably to her death, she was yeah. very calm and collected and alert as she was falling. Oh, I see what you're saying. And she was like, I don't buy that. And then we also have a history of watching basically Spider-Man's girlfriend fall to her death. And we have Kristen Dunst's wonderful screaming performance. Oh, God. Her throughout screams. the Sam Raimi Her movies. Screams. Amazing screams. Really, she's top of... I think she's a great scream queen. And not not to invoke horror. No, all, no. But, but I just I, mean I she totally is great at screaming. And um, so Zendaya like, didn't do a scream. And I kind of... She was like... <laughs> I kind of want Spider-Man's girlfriend to scream at some point. Like if she's falling, I don't know how many stories. Can't Zendaya just like scream? Like I don't. She was very taken aback by that (laughs) decision. It was a decision. I I, I can understand. That is a choice. It's a choice. choice And whether it's Zendaya making that decision or spearheading that, I don't know. But she was a little bit disappointed by that. (laughs) Okay. I, I totally understand the point. I understand the point. Okay, go for it. You were going to say something. All right. So we've kind of talked about all the characters and all the big moments, but there's still two more things uh, that happen, and these are during the credits. No, so, there's one more thing that happened oh, before the credits. Oh, okay. Go ahead. And it was um, Electro, Jamie Foxx, when Garfield unmasks himself, he expressed a little bit of disappointment that he's not black. He assumed that Andrew Garfield's Spidey was black. Because he said, like, you know, you're in Queens, you help poor people mm-hmm. i thought you were black and so then <laughs> after that he says there's got to be a black spider-man out there somewhere that oh, is such God. oh my goodness what? When, soon enough soon enough that's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and for those who don't 
Miles Morales. Miles yes. Morales Spider-Man. Um I'm I would be surprised if Sony allowed that to happen like you know going in like meshing with Disney. Like if anything I feel like okay, you guys already have Peter Parker. We're we're keeping Miles, Miles for ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. But so, the re- but that line is so That line. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's not the first time that in the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies we get references to Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Because in Homecoming, Donald Glover. Uh, Donald Glover plays Aaron Davis. Aaron mm-hmm. Davis is the uncle of Miles Morales, mm-hmm. and he even mentions, "I have a, I have a nephew here in Queens who, I don't want all this stuff happening." So, it's out there. It's, it's in the world. It's, it's in the universe. Ve- oh my gosh! It's Me been will. spoken into this universe. So, uh, so that's a big thing. And we'll see it sometime soon. I, I know we will. Now the. Now post-credits. Now post-credits, closer to what's happening now. The first post-credit scene, uh, we see a continuation of the post-credit scene pretty much that happened in Venom, Venom Let There Be Carnage, (laughs) where he is at a bar in Mexico and he is like being explained and he's trying to understand this universe that he's in. Yes. So he's like, hold on, there's a billionaire in a tin suit who could fly. Like, he's like... (laughs) Treating it very like, you know. There's a large green man. Right. With Hulk. anger <laughs> issues and an alien. Aliens don't like collecting rings. They like eating brains. And like he's like very venom in this move mm-hmm. in this moment. But at that time when he says, all right, I'm, I'm probably going to go to New York to visit this spider kid. Yeah. That is when he is being pulled back to his universe. But. But. Not all of him leaves. A small bit of the symbiote is left behind Mm -hmm. and it twitches. So we know that Venom will be in some way, shape or form part of the Tom Holland movies Mm -hmm. going into the future. Right. So that's a big one. That's a big deal. And then finally, the second thing that happens in the in the credits, we get a full blown trailer. Full ass trailer for the next Doctor Strange movie. Yes, Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. In the Multiverse of Madness. Wow. And that yeah, like... a good like, trailer, not going to lie. It's a good trailer. It's a good one. We see Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is Scarlet Witch. the fray. I think she's what makes it really good to me. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see. Uh, Mordo is back. Truatella Gia 4 is Mordo. He is back. Uh, and then on top of that, in the trailer, we see... A couple of things that reference the what if show, which I didn't think they would do, but now it makes sense. What if animated show people thought, ah, oh, it's just an animated show. No, no, this is an MCU show. So they're going to find a way to connect it. And we see uh, Shuma Garath, who is this like octopus with a giant eye looking creature who is in what if he is in the trailer and is a notorious nemesis of dr strange uh and then we have strange supreme and this is like a dark evil dr strange Mm -hmm. that we saw in what if and now is making his appearance here in real action form Mm -hmm. for the multiverse of madness so may cannot come soon enough because this is that's going to be a wild ride that is going to be a wild ride. I, that one's going to be wild. I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to the movie because do I have to watch the What If series now? I don't think so. 
I think it'll be more like if you watched it, you know who it is, but I'm pretty sure they'll explain who it is in the movie for those who didn't watch it. So because I don't think anybody walked out of what if thinking, huh, I wonder how these will tie into the <laughs> MCU, but it seems like they will. So, yeah, um, I'd love to see that MCU flow chart that they got. <laughs> I know. Just like <laughs> all these interconnecting like red strings. It's like uh, that meme. Yeah, the meme, the always sunny meme. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically that. So MCU going into some weird places. We just got an awesome movie. Since we're talking about that, I'll go ahead and give my ranking. Okay. Right now. Okay. You got so it. We're gonna. I'll start with the Spider Mans first, and okay. then I'll I'll go with the MCU. So. There has been three Sam Raimi's, two Mark Webb's, and we've had three Tom Watts, and we've had one animated, which yes. was Into the Spider-Verse. Into Spider-verse. So in total, that is nine movies, Spider-Man, that has started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I For me, the worst ones, they're, they're both at the bottom. What Which one is worse, I, I don't know, but it's they're down there. It's Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3 mm-hmm. and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Like those two are clearly at the bottom. They're pretty bad. Uh, a step above that, you have The Amazing Spider-Man. So that's the first one with Andrew yeah. Garfield. Uh, I recently re- no, watched that. You know what? As, I'm as so as sorry. Uh, far From Home. Oh, I have yeah, okay, okay. At seven. That's the one with Mysterio. Mysterio. I have that one. At seven. Then I have The Amazing Spider-Man at six. Uh, Then at number five, I have uh, uh, Homecoming. Homecoming. Homecoming at five. Number four, I have... Now you're splitting hairs. Now I'm splitting hairs. But at number four, I have the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. At number four. Yeah. At number three... I have it at three, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. At number three, I have Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2. Ah, okay. All right. No Way Home at number two. Wow. And then wow. Into the Spider-Verse at number one. Yeah, I think we're we're pretty much around we're, the same. We're close. We're you catch close. me on a different day, it'll be like, you know, your ranking or whatever. But right. yeah, it. I pretty much feel the same way. And not to go through the entire like MCU list, but... This this is in the top five. No MCU way. Movies. Yeah. Of all 20 something movies. 27 movies. Oh, my God. We're almost at 30 movies. Well, it is very good. It, it is, is very, very good. But it draws on like the other movies so well. Yeah, it does. That, I think, you know, you almost don't stand a chance. <laughs> but that's the thing about almost all the movies in the MCU. Like they kind of draw upon each other in some way. Right. So especially something like Avengers Endgame. Right. Yeah. It's drawing off of everything you've seen before. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it an even more rewarding experience. It was exactly. A very rewarding, satisfying experience. So I that's what makes this one a rewarding experience. This one, you know, No Way Home, the word I would use to describe it is payoff. Payoff. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a top five MCU movie for me just because... It 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 does so much, and it it nails it. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it nails it. I think it, it stuck the landing. And I can't wait to watch it again. Me too. I want to watch it again too. So, which is just, so rare. <laughs> right, it's so rare. I know that like with MCU movies for you, most of the time you're like one and done and I'm good. Mm-hmm. It may have been fun, but I don't need to watch it again. Yes. But with this one, it's like I want to see it again. I want to see it again. I want yes, to see so. what I missed. <laughs> exactly. What did I miss the first time around? Yeah. And yeah, the, I think that this is this is that type of movie. This mm-hmm. is that type of movie that everyone's going to have fun with it. And you're going to be rewarded for being a loyal fan for years. Yeah. 20 years. I didn't think I was a loyal fan. But after watching this movie, I feel like I'm like Spider-Man's number one fan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I totally hear you. <laughs> we were walking out of the theater and there were so many people dressed up for the movie or dressed as dressed as Gwen Stacy from Into the Spider-Verse, like yes. that like white and black. And I just turned to my sister and I was like, hey, do I need Spider-Man merch now? <laughs> like, I feel <laughs> like I really need Spider-Man merch. All of a I was actually disappointed in myself that I don't have like a Spider-Man shirt. Yeah, like, I, I don't have I anything. Had one. Yeah. I thought I would have had one somewhere, but nope. Right. You know, I didn't have <laughs> it's, one. it's weird. Uh, yeah, I know. But let us know what you thought of this movie. Uh, because I know people have thoughts. People are raving about these movies. Mm-hmm. So let us know what you thought. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. That's where you can communicate with us. Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. You can find us at AlwaysCriticPod, Always the Critic Podcast. Uh, if you've done that, Go ahead and give us a five-star review. That'll help us a lot for the show. And finally, if you're a big fan of us, go ahead and support us on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. For as little as $2 a month, you can go ahead and help us provide for this show so we can continue to provide more amazing content for you guys. Uh, Before we get out of here, do you have any final thoughts? No. No. (laughs) <laughs> I'm good. this was oh, a lot what of what did you give this movie like your star rating i gave it a four and a half <gasps> yeah oh my four god and a half. i gave it a four but i i'll leave it at a four for now you'll leave it at a four yeah but yeah i i gave it a four and a half which was rare it's wow. rare for me but i just really enjoyed the heck out of this movie yeah so yeah. uh so if a movie is able to like do so much and make me go th- and invest so much in the characters during that movie, mm-hmm. like I felt emotions throughout the movie, mm-hmm. like the movie did its job. Yeah. So very, very fun. And we can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. So hit us up on social media. Uh, but that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.